0: CHAPTER Twenty Seven OF THE PIONEERS BY CATHERINE SUSANNA PRITCHARD THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN RECORDING BY KIRSTY A Silwester was tearing across the plains, threatening to sweep the whole Worry Township off its foundations and dash the fragments of the mud houses against the hills. It broke round the Black Bull with the noise of great guns, and in the pauses of its blowing the booming of the sea on the beaches five miles away could be heard, when davey burst open the door he brought a gust of wind into the tap-room that set the lights sputtering and flaring two of them went out the glasses on mcnab's bench danced as he hammered it with his fists for two pence, i'd thrash you he yelled you got me into borrowing money from you i was a blamed young fool but what's your game what do you mean playing fair to me and then giving me away to the old man a neat way of bleeding him that's what it was get me in here drunk and then the schoolmaster was playing cards with a couple of men on an upturned box behind the door. He threw down his cards and took Davy's arm. The boy threw it off. "'Leave me alone, Mr. Farrell,' he cried. "'I'd sweep the floor with the—the the damn swine if he were worth sweeping the floor with. You're all afraid of him. Well, I'm not. You see here, Mr. McNab. he leant across the bar and his eyes burnt their way into the pale, shifty eyes of Thad McNabb. "'I'll break every bone in your body if you ever interfere between me and mine again.' Do you hear that? I don't know what you've got up your sleeve, and I don't care. You just keep it there, see, or it'll be the worst for you. McNab had blenched at the boy's headlong passion. The quivering long arms seemed scarcely able to keep themselves off his miserable shoulders. His skin was the gingery colour of his hair, and though he grinned feebly, looking everywhere but at Davy, there was not a man who did not see he was trembling. Thad McNabb was a coward, everybody knew that. There was nothing in the world he feared more than the vengeance which might wreak itself on his miserable body. As young Davy stamped out of the bar, there was a rustle of movement, smothered oaths of surprise and amusement, a swinging of eyes after him, with something of admiration and applause in them. But McNab was recovering himself. He gazed speechlessly after the boy, too. There was a ghost of a smile on his face. His mind was working, his lips moved, though no words came. The men who had wanted to cheer young Davy shifted their opinions uneasily. There would be more to score to McNab's account yet, they imagined. The schoolmaster did not follow Davy out of the bar as he felt inclined to, but when the boy had gone, McNab looked across at him. "'That's what comes of interfering, Farrell,' he said. "'You'll know better another time, won't you, McNab?" The schoolmaster drawled, looking up from the cards he was holding. "'It's a bad business getting between father and son.' McNab's smile changed. "'I was alludin' to your interferin' when I had a bit of business on hand, Mr. Farrell,' he snarled. "'Had you a bit of business on, Thad?' the schoolmaster asked. "'Who with?' "'Davy.' "'And did I interfere? Well, now you beat me. Out with it. Let's hear all about it. We're all old friends here.' McNab's wrath surged so that he could not speak. "'There now,' Farrell cried. "'He won't tell.' "'Never mind, McNab. you came off very well. When young Davy came in, I thought he'd have you out on the road for a certainty, and he's a pretty bruiser. Showed him how to put up his fists myself a couple of years ago.' It was Dan's way of saying things, with a whimsicality, an inimitable geniality tinged with sarcasm that brought the house down. When the men in the bar threw back their heads and stretched their lungs that night, Thad did not laugh. He stood, shivering with gimlet flames in his eyes, his fingers twitching restlessly. There were drinks all round, and the schoolmaster played another rubber before he swung out of the shanty and into the wind that roared and beat over the plains. Davy was waiting in the lee of the garden fence round Farrell's cottage, his little red mare set with her haunches against the wind. "'What is it, Davy?' the schoolmaster asked when he saw him. "'It's this, Mr. Farrell,' Davy said, on a short breath. "'I've quarrelled with the old man. I want a job.' The cottage was in darkness, but after he had taken Davy to the stable, and they had turned red into it, they went indoors, and a light gleamed from the small square windows until the sky was waning on the edge of the plains. Then Davy came to the door, and the schoolmaster with him. "'It's not advice, as I told you, but a job I'm wanting,' the boy said. His voice carried against the wind hoarse with anger and disappointment. "'But this job, Davy, you know what it is.' The schoolmaster's voice was troubled. "'Yes, I know, haven't I told you? As a matter of fact, I haven't the price of food or bed on me, and I'm not going back for it. You said these cattle of Maitland's in the yards would have to be taken to the hills. Maitland's got fattening paddocks up beyond Steve's, hasn't he? Tim and Pat Kearney have cleared off to the new rush, and you said you'd have to get somebody to take them for Connell.' "'You can have what money—' the schoolmaster began. "'It wasn't what I asked for,' Davy said curtly. "'None knew better than Farrell what the difficulties of his getting work of any sort would be in the Weary, with McNab's mark against him. "'In the hills no one would employ him for fear of offending Donald Cameron. "'But it was neither McNab nor Donald Cameron the schoolmaster was thinking of "'when he tried to persuade the boy to go home. "'Not a word moved Davy from his purpose to be independent.' If you take this mop tomorrow, you will clear out then and look for another job on the other side of the ranges. Yes, said Davy eagerly, right, the schoolmaster replied, but I don't want you in this business with Conal Davy. The boy gripped his hand. You said if I was ever hard up for a friend, he said to come to you, and this job with those beasts of Maitlands is the only thing sticking out for me just now. Farrell turned away wearily. "'I'd be glad enough to stand by you always, Davy,' he said. "'But this is different. "'I'd never forgive myself if I got you into a mess. "'However, it can't do any harm with your taking these beasts to Steve's. "'Deirdre and I will be going up in a day or two. "'I'll tell Connell about it. "'Then you can go on, over the ranges. "'There's always work on Middleton's or Yaron. "'Come in now, and I'll make you a cup of tea.' "'Davy glanced at the lightning dome of the sky.' "'It's a couple of hours to dawn yet,' he said, with a sigh. "'Then I'll be going.'" End of chapter 27